you know, outside of the Purdue game the next five weeks, there's really nothing that makes me even consider that a team's going to keep it close. Uh, that's also coincidentally the only road game left of this group. Uh, you know, I know Minnesota started off well next week, but I still don't think Minnesota's even close to Ohio State's class. Indiana's slightly better. Um, and you can't take anybody so for granted. Otherwise, you end up with an Iowa situation. So have them ready to go. Don't play them too much. Use a deeper rotation throughout the game, and we'll be fine here. And I think that's the best way you have to take it, because if, if you go into a game worried about getting somebody hurt, then that's when you get hurt. I had to ask you the question, and I agree with you. I think that's what they will do. I think they're going to play those guys, um, unless they have a setback in practice, but limit their snaps. Um, same thing with Damon Arnett. Um, Sticking on the D-line, you know, with, with Landers and, and Jones banged up, obviously Nick Bosa out until at least November. Uh, but great to see Nick Bosa after practice last night. Uh, we didn't get to interview him or anything like that, of course. I don't want to interview injured players. Um, and, of course, he wasn't practicing, but just having him back in Columbus, seeing him with the guys. I mean, he had his, his you know, practice, like, jersey on. You know, he didn't have his pads on, you know, as far as, like, uh, you know, underneath. Like, didn't have, like... I, he might not even have shoulder pads on. He, he, I, I'll have to go back and look. But uh, the point is, he was there, and uh, that was that was great to see. We'll see. I know a lot of people think that have said. I don't know a lot of people backs, but some people have. A lot of people have asked me, "Is Nick Bosa's career over? Is he just going to rest up for the draft?" I keep saying this, backs. Let me know if you disagree with this or agree. As long as he doesn't have a setback, and as long as Ohio State's in the national championship race, I 100% expect Nick Bosa will play again for the Buckeyes this season. Agree completely. I, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you know, prepare for the draft, blah, blah, blah. Those are the same people who told you Davion Clowney to sit out his whole senior or junior year a couple of years ago. You know, and guess what happened? He played. It wasn't a big deal. He's still one of the top five picks. So in Bosa's case, look, <laughs> OSU's not going to rush him back. And if he's not healthy, he's not going to play. I think that part's a given. I, I think Urban recognizes that he has a player who is has an incredibly bright and, frankly, lucrative future. So he's not going to mess with them. But what are the games we just mentioned here? Indiana, Minnesota, at Purdue. Then you got a week off and you got hapless Nebraska before you have to go play at Michigan State, right? I think OSU's looking at this and saying, dude, give him all the time he needs. Even if he's on a snap count at, at, Minnesota, at Michigan State and we get 10 snaps out of him, you know, that's, that's seven weeks after the injury at TCU. That's a fair amount of time there that fits in the time frame of, of that six to eight weeks window. Hey, if he's not ready for that, well, guess what? Then you don't play until Michigan. There's no point in doing it otherwise. And by the way, Ohio State in the past has succeeded without a top-tier defensive lineman playing. For example, the 2012 Michigan game where John Simon literally couldn't bend his knee on senior day. Ohio State still had enough depth on the old, or the D-line to go out and play a game that they ended up winning. So with all these other guys, look, you're going to try to keep an eye on everybody, but it's football. Everybody's banged up. And you don't bring Nick Bosa back until he's ready because quite freaking frankly, None of this stuff for Nick Bosa is really going to matter. OSU's going to win. In my opinion, OSU's going to win every game the rest of the way, with or without Nick Bosa, until the playoff. And then when you get to the playoff, and if you have Alabama lined up on the other side of the ball, then you need 100% Nick Bosa. That's two and a half months down the line or whatever it is at this point. So just let it be. Let him heal. And you know what? The fact that he's around his team, he's with his teammates, encouraging them. He's going to help essentially coach a little bit with, with Larry Johnson, I bet, sitting there trying to give his teammates – some feedback so you can have more time to watch them than he would normally if he was participating in drills. That's going to help these other guys get better too. So essentially Ohio State's D-line is going to continue to progress at a high level, and then they're going to add a superstar back to the equation at the end of the year while these younger guys get more experience. 
And luckily, the schedule for Ohio State in the middle does not have anything scary coming at them. So it's, you know, now they got through Penn State, no reason to rush them back, none whatsoever. Hey, Bax, who are some guys that um, you would like to see play more for the Buckeyes? Play more. Let's see here. Where should I start? Can I start with play less? Jason Wint. Don't put him on the field on defense again. Period. <laughs> yeah, you can go with some play less, too. Yeah, play less, but then oh you have my to play more. Oh, my God. Well. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want to pile on the poor young man because everything I've heard about him is he's a good young kid. Alex has talked about him at length as being a nice kid, and I know he's trying hard. But, my goodness, he has been terrible in base defense this year. Like, like Pryor has had some trouble going to angles from that position. That's my complaint with seeing what Pryor's done at the safety position opposite Fuller. There's, Jason Wint is constantly just lost out there, running into his own teammates. Like, uh, I, I, he, I don't want to pile on old Buckeyes either, but like, I, I thought Anderson Russell was going to be the roughest safety play or Pitt Brown was going to be the roughest safety play we saw at Ohio State in my lifetime. And Jason Wint, the, the specter of him having to play more is, is – putting those thoughts into question. Uh, now, that said, I'd certainly love to see a lot more Sean Wade out there, regardless of where we put him. Um, I'm of the opinion that Sean Wade's one of our three best corners, though. I'd like to see Damon Arnett at safety, because I think he could be a Colt, Colt Coleman style of safety. But, uh, you know, at this, this point in time, I don't know how you keep Wade off the field, but you can't take Sheffield off the field, and I don't think you can take Okuda off the field. So if Wade has to start at safety next to, uh, next to Jordan Fuller, then make it happen. I don't care. The other thing I want to see a lot more of is somebody else at middle linebacker, and specifically Justin Hilliard. Um, you know, Tuff Borland made a big play up against Penn State, forcing that fumble, no question about it, but it looks like he's running in sand. He just doesn't look like he's healthy, and I know OSU graded him out as a champion, and all, I'm sure that's all effort and assignment positions being right, but we saw him when he was chasing Trace McSorley on that big giant scramble play, and it, it, Tuff is just not there physically right now. Uh, put it this way, if this was Alabama, Tough Borland would not be on the field right now. But, you know, this is a little bit of my concern of Urban Meyer playing the kids that he, he falls in love with versus the best one. Um, I want to see Justin Hilliard play, and I want to see him play a lot more. I kind of want to see Dante Booker play a little bit more. I know we weren't thrilled with what we saw from him last year, but right now I don't think Borland and I don't think Browning are the answers at middle linebacker when you get against another team that's close to you in talent. Um those are two guys I definitely want to see a lot more of this year. Uh, other than that, really, uh, I'm not going to question what the coaches are doing on the offensive side of the football. We, you know, I think a lot of people thought we'd maybe see a little more Jalen Harris. I, I think we'd like to see a little bit more of Jeremy Ruckert, um, partly because I think Rashad Berry has had a rough year. You know, he had, he had the one touchdown earlier this year, but his blocking has been bad. Honestly, in that fourth down play call, I've literally never seen somebody – act like they were going to block someone and then say, nah, screw it, I'm going to block someone else like he did. And the guy he decided not to block was the one who made the tackle on fourth and one. So I think Rashad Berry certainly has not locked himself in. I don't think Luke Farrell has locked himself in. So maybe Ruckert really is the one on offense that we need to see a bit more the more I talk about it here. Um, I know he's a freshman and you have to see how blocking is, but I don't think our tight ends have played at a very high level at all. I think pro football focus is going to tell you the same thing when you look at the grades they've given them. Um, which are the lowest on any position group on Ohio State's entire team. But I, I, th- I think really if you're going to look at spots for more guys in the field, Jeremy Ruckert, even Jake Hausman, I'd like to see more of a tight end because right now Ohio State's tight end position is not succeeding in terms of the passing game, and it's also not really succeeding as well as you'd like in terms of blocking. Like if these guys were out there in Vanette and higher manning it, 
and blocking really well and not getting to touch the ball a lot, I don't think anybody would be complaining, but we're not getting the blocking that's needed. And if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch the fourth and one in the fourth quarter where Dwayne Haskins kept the ball on his own read play and watch what Rashad Berry does. He literally comes across pulling and sees a Penn State player and skips him and then goes to another one further down the line, even though that Penn State player that he skipped would have waltzed right into the middle of the backfield. And guess what? He waltzed right in the middle of the backfield and blew a play up. That's one of those moments where I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, that poor kid in film study is going to get just crushed. I've literally never seen that in a football game where a tight end decides not to block a guy he's supposed to be blocking. Great insights, as always, from the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his must-read column every Sunday. It is the bucket. You can catch him on Twitter, at Matt Baxendale. And I uh, really appreciate it, Bax. And thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. I appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best in band in the land. Oh.